Welcome to Reteach, a place where professors know that student equity gaps can be closed and are willing to put in the work to figure it out. We are dedicated to our teaching and our students. We are passionate about improving our classrooms and our communities. We can make a difference. We will make a difference. I am your host, Bruce Hoskins, and my mind and heart are ready to learn. So what's up, everyone? So, hey, look, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm really enjoying learning about the whole distance education thing. Um, I don't know if everyone, I'm, I'm sure that not everyone is having my same experience in regards to um, enjoying this, but I am really, really enjoying um, putting a lot of the things that I have uh, thought of in a classroom setting and putting it online and seeing how that would work. Right. And, and doing my best to try to maintain the integrity of what it is that I was doing in a classroom and trying to bring that 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 same freshness, that same uh, purpose, that same passion to the to the online setting. Right. And look, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know there's a global pandemic going on. And yet I'm still enjoying this because, look, if we can't be if we can't enjoy what we're passionate about, if we can't be passionate and be enjoying something right now, then look, you got bigger problems than the global pandemic right now. It's like you, we have to learn how to enjoy even moments or take our moments in stride. And um, in order to be able to, to, to fight all the, the loneliness and isolation that's going on in this space. And so anyway, let me get down off of my soapbox <laughs> and start talking to y'all straight up. And so the thing that I'm really, that I want to focus on today is really talking about um, multiple choice questions and putting multiple choice questions um, in an online format and really trying to maintain the integrity of what it is that I've done in the classroom. And so for anyone who didn't listen to, you know, the podcast that I have talked about multiple choice already, it's just it was in a classroom sitting. Right. And uh, Sean Davis and I, we chopped it up on that one pretty good. And so, you know, feel free to listen to that episode. But let me give you a brief recap of what it is that I do in a classroom and how um, I try to, you know, switch this over into an online setting and what what I had to do, right? And the the kind of thoughts that had to emerge as I was going through this and struggling with it, right? And so the first thing that I do is that um, understand this. I wrote my own textbook, and so that's that's kind of important in this in this space. And so I wrote my own in, multiple choice questions as a result of that also. And what I've done, I've de- I've decided to do was to actually give my students the multiple choice questions as uh, homework. Think of it more like that as homework versus uh, using them as assessments. And so what does that mean? And so I give them the multiple choice in a packet. Normally it's somewhere, it's probably on average about 40 questions per chapter. I give that to them in a packet. Um, clearly there's other, you know, email ways of, of handling this, but I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to give them that tangible um, packet so that they can work through that, that, and so that they can have it and then be able to read through the the chapters um, at the same time. That was something that was part of the way that I had thought about it, right? Because that's what I would want to do. It's like if I'm reading um, an online textbook, which I'm my textbook is online, I would want there to be you know that that interaction with the notes or something like that. And that's and so I felt like you know creating a packet like that was going to 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 help with that right, and so um, by giving the multiple choice and so then not only do I give the multiple choice as homework but I give it to them before I talk about the chapter, 
And so inadvertently, I'm not even kidding, I didn't really think about this. Inadvertently, I actually solved the problem of students reading the chapter before I talk about it in class and uh, by doing this. And so just this, you know, just a quick thought, you know, in, in all of this stuff is like if you really want your students to read something, to read the chapter before you talk about it, then structure an assignment that will make them read the chapter before you talk about it. Just saying, just throwing that out there into the universe, right? And so anyway, the other thing that was important to me about multiple choice is that it made it that I made it low stakes, right? Because uh, high stakes multiple choice that normally brings about a lot of trauma from the students in the K from the K through twelve system and a lot of trauma that they visited in that space. And so I didn't want to do that to them. And so I made it low stakes. Um, and this is what that means is that there's 10 multiple choice assignments. And by the way, when they they did the homework, they would um, fill out a Scantron. And so it was still very quick and, and easy for me to do. Right. But but anyway, and so um, I they have 10 assignments and they're worth 20 points each. Right. And so, you know, any one assignment is not going to sink them completely. Um, if they do poorly on it. Right. And so that's that was uh, really key for me, you know. And so the 200 points, though, that's also 200 points out of a thousand. So there's a thousand points for the class. And so the, the 200 points is with just a multiple choice. And so, right, putting all of that in perspective in regards to that each individual assignment is low stakes. However, all of them together, it's, you know, 20 percent of your grade. That's a pretty decent sized chunk. Right. The other thing that I've done and which has given me great, great, great results is that before they turn it in, I allow them to ask me three questions before they turn it in. Now, here's the deal. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, man, they just going to hustle you and just going to ask you the you know question that they got stuck on. Exactly. That's exactly why I want them to, to ask the question. I want them to ask the question that they got stuck on um, and whatnot. Yes, yes, I get it. I get it. There's you know people that might hustle this one or whatever, but I'm not in this for the person that's going to hustle me. I'm in it for the person that really wants to know what the answer is and they were confused or that there was something confusing about the text or about the examples that I gave or something like that. And so that's why I'm doing it. Right. And so I really want to, you know, make make sure that I mean, not only is it about student learning, but also, look, I wrote the textbook and I wrote the multiple choice questions. And so I wanted to to make sure that um, those questions are being read the way that I had intended them to be read. Right. Is that and understood the way I had in, intended them to be understood um, while also, you know, if I did make a mistake in there, which th that this is the first semester that I've done that. And so it's actually paid huge dividends for me already because I actually found out even after three years of doing the multiple choice that there were some things that were confusing in the textbook. And then there were some multiple choice questions that were confusing to the students. And so um, I'm really blessed to, to really be doing that right now. When they're asking these three questions, it lets me know also what they're struggling with, right? And so then I can use those moments to clarify whatever those concepts are. And then, like I said, if I need to do a better job in my textbook, I can uh, update and edit that too, right? But you know what? Before I forget, there's there's something uh, very, very real and very humanizing about writing your own textbook, writing the own multiple choice questions, and then having students question the questions and then question the textbook is that... It allows me to show vulnerability, right? Because I, I, when I do it, I don't stand on a soapbox and say, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And then, you know, whatever later on and, you know, it's like and, and not admit that I can make mistakes, right? It's like literally I am up there and I'm like, yo, I never thought of it like that. 
let me see if I can actually clear up the wording on that one. I actually, the students, they actually have found mistakes in the textbook, you know, and so then I was just like straight up, I just tell them, it's like, look, I, I made a mistake and I'll give everyone the point for that. And so, you know, don't, don't worry about it, but I'll make this mistake. Uh, you know, it's like, I'll correct the mistake uh, going forward from here. And the students, like I said, they, they understand that I am human. And I think that that is so important in the process. Here we are, we're talking about closing equity gaps. And if we refuse to be vulnerable with our students, we will lose them. Right. And so this this builds in a vulnerable time for me. And look, I'm going to tell you, when I think about people's multiple choice questions, I also think about this. And I want you to be really honest with yourself right now. Would you do what it is that I'm doing? Because I'm going to tell you what, if I was using some textbook where I didn't write the multiple choice questions for myself, I'm wondering if I would even go through this process, because let me be honest with you is that I've read other textbooks, multiple choice questions, and um, a lot of them are really confusing, not written very well. And I know the reason why is because when we're looking at multiple choice questions, normally the whoever the teacher was that wrote the, the textbook, that most likely they didn't write the multiple choice questions. What they probably had was either the, the publishing company or some TA or something like that wrote those um, those questions. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times when uh, the people who are interpreting your textbook are not, they're not saying it the way that the textbook would say it. And so I'm just going to put that out there for you to, to just really think about that. Um, you know, how comfortable are you with being able to answer your own multiple choice questions? Can you answer your own multiple choice questions? I'm, I'm just going to put that out there in the universe, right? It's like, we should be able to answer our own multiple choice questions. And so if you can't, or you don't feel comfortable doing it, and you don't feel comfortable with going through this process that I'm talking about, then it makes me wonder about those multiple choice questions in the first place and how you're using them, right? So anyway, I went on a bender on that one, but let me let me come back to this. And so and so now I'm putting these multiple choice questions into our course management system for us at Miracosa it's Canvas. And although I've wanted to do this for a long time, I've wanted to put my multiple choice questions online for a long time. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I am so happy that I did not do this online first, like immediately. I am glad I went through this organic process and really getting down to the philosophy that I have around multiple choice questions and really understanding it. The reason why is because the moment I got in front of the computer and I started entering in the the multiple choice questions, I automatically, I, I'm not even kidding. I got, you know, it's like we've all been socialized into what multiple choice questions are supposed to look like and how the assessments are supposed to go. And that is exactly where my mind went. It's like I started doing it and I started constructing basically multiple choice exams. And I'm like, no, no, this is not what I want to do. I haven't been doing this for the last three some odd years. It's like, I, no, I don't want to do this. And yet that was the first place that my mind went to. It went to I'm going to use multiple choice as an assessment versus using it as a teaching and learning tool. And so now I'm like, OK, all right, all right, all right, Bruce. How are you going to do this? How are you going to maintain the integrity of what it is that you were doing inside of a classroom? And so as I'm entering in the multiple choice questions, I have this epiphany. <laughs> there's, no other way to, there's no other way to say it. It's like I had an epiphany of thought, mind, and spirit. Everything came together to me, and I figured out something. 
I had this epiphany as to why is it that we're having a hard time closing equity gaps is because that one of the the, the things that really came out really strong um, in, in the space as I was doing and learning about multiple choice questions and how to put them into Canvas um, is that that the focus that a lot of teachers have in the space is how to stop cheating versus how do we use this in order to in order to promote student learning right how do you stop students from cheating is very different by the way than using this to promote student learning and so that's the thing that kept coming up time and time and time and time and time again in the space and so look folks i'm not trying to say i don't care if students cheat what i'm trying to tell you is that that's not my main focus nor is it my main concern as i'm going through and uh thinking about multiple choice and all of that stuff, right? Clearly, it cannot be if I give students the multiple choice questions in order to do his homework, right? But here's the idea is that if you make this accessible and relatively easy and straightforward, the students won't feel compelled to cheat. That's what I feel like, right? It's like, if I tell you to walk a mile, you'll probably walk a mile. If I tell you to run a mile, you might be thinking, damn, do I really got to run a mile? (laughs) And if I tell you to sprint a mile, you're going to be like, look, there's no way that I'm going to sprint a mile. But if I told you you have to sprint a mile in order to get through this class, then you might might pay someone to sprint that mile for you or something like that. And I know that that's really, I mean, I don't know how that works for you as an analogy, but I really want us to think about that if we use multiple choice or how we think about cheating and learning, right? That these two things, I'm not going to say they're diametrically opposed to each other. And yet at the same time, in order to close the equity gaps, we have to get a space that we're building relationships. Absolutely. 100% hands down. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. We have to learn how to build relationships in order to close equity gaps. Here's the deal. If you're concerned about cheating, first and foremost, if you're concerned about cheating in regards to how you constructed your class, Well, what you've just got finished doing was telling the students that you don't trust them. If you don't trust someone, how are you supposed to build a relationship with them? Just throwing that out there, folks. Like, really, right? I love the the parts about keeping honest people honest, right? It's like, that's that's simple, right? It's like, that's why we lock doors and stuff like that, right? It's like uh, to our houses and things like that. We lock doors because we're trying to keep honest people honest. We keep We lock the doors to our cars because we're trying to keep honest people honest because all of us know, all of us know, every single one of us knows that you can't stop a thief from breaking into your house. You can't stop a thief from breaking into your car. You can't stop that. And so why try? That's that's not what we're trying to do here. What we are trying to do, though, is keep honest people honest, right? It, those those are uh, regular, everyday, common sense kind of measures that we can use in the classroom. But if you try to prevent someone from stealing from you, that is practically impossible on a whole bunch of different levels. And it, and, it, and it breeds a whole different kind of understanding and relationship with your students. If your teaching style is centered around cheating, right? Then, then the very beginning of this is you're setting up a, an us versus them uh, dynamic in your class. Uh, you're setting up a, like you're setting up that the students are the enemy in the classroom. If you're, if you're, if you're setting up this, the students are the enemy in your classroom, I guarantee you, you got huge equity gaps in your class straight up. No, if, ands, or buts about it. And so we have to absolutely have to get away from, um, a teaching style that is focused on cheating, right. And how to catch cheaters and, or how to punish cheaters, right. That's, that, that is a big deal. Right. And so also, right. When you focus in on stopping cheating, so where's the learning in that? Because if we think about, right, trying to stop the thief, right, it's like, well, 
are you gonna let anybody into your house? <laughs> right? It's like who you should be able to let people into your house because if you want to stop thieves, I guess you could like put a steel box around your house, but how are you gonna invite guests in? Right? How are you gonna invite people who want to come in and that you want to come into your house if you focus on solely people cannot steal from you? Right? You can construct that class, but how is this all based on learning, right? When you have a teaching style that focuses on cheating, right? I've, I've said it already, but I'll say it again because it's just so worth thinking about is that you, you sacrifice relationships because of lack of trust. And yet relationships are the exact thing that we need in order to be able to close these equity gaps. We know this. The research tells us this clearly, right? We know this. That's why, that's why we do what we do. We, we know this. And yet at the same time, if you have a teaching style that focuses on catching cheaters and punishing cheaters and assuming that students are going to cheat, you've already lost. You've already lost the equity battle here. Right. And then to me, like one of the big parts about having them not cheat, right, is that you need to make it accessible and doable. And you might be surprised on how well your students will do if you make it accessible, doable, and let's say clear, right, in regards to what it is you're trying to do, right? And so anyway, so that's the epiphany of thought that I came to while I was doing all of this. And so then these, this is the things that I actually did. This is, this is what I wound up doing as a result of all these thoughts and, and all this energy that was being created as I was, um, you know, really contemplating putting my multiple choice questions into an online format. So the first thing that I did when I created this learning module is that I posted the chapter and the multiple choice questions that I would normally have given them in the first place. Right. That, so, so for real, like I'm, I'm still giving the, them the multiple choice questions in advance for them to, to still work through. The thing is though, right. It's like, so what I did from there is that rather than do 40 questions and then randomly, then have the computer randomly select uh, 20 of those questions, I wanted to make sure that the students were still reading that's what I was trying to do. And so what I did was that I made the section. So I made the, so I made little quizzes and I did it per section of my chapters. And so my chapters, they normally have four sections in it. And so I made four separate quizzes with individualized test banks, right? And so in each section, there were 10 questions. And so I would have the computer, right? By putting it into the test bank, um, I would have the computer just randomly generate five of these questions and that's and that was good to go for me, right? And so they're they're getting this in smaller, bite-sized chunks that are easier to swallow. Again, remember, it's not it's not that it's easy to do it; it's easier to think about these quizzes in the smaller sections, right? And so that I'm not putting the burden on trying to remember stuff that they're not going to remember um, and whatnot. What I'm doing is I'm putting the the pressure on in regards to reading for comprehension, using the multiple choice as a guide to their learning rather than using it as an assessment. That is the focus. I'm not trying to use this as an assessment. I want this to be a tool for their learning, right? And by the way, for the people who are listening to this, uh, that test bank option in Canvas, um, you can't get it through the classical quiz that you're that you're normally going through, that you may normally go through. 
Um, and if you haven't looked at Canvas in a while, you might not even know that if you click into the quiz section, if you quick, uh, click on to quizzes, that it'll give you an option of doing the classic quiz, which is probably what you've been doing, and then doing new quizzes. In new quizzes, you're allowed to do the test bank um, and whatnot and able to randomly generate questions and everything. And so, like I said, I'm just putting that out there into the universe. Hopefully that works out for you if you didn't know about that already. And so, oh, funny thing that happened. Is so here I am. I'm randomly doing these questions and everything and putting them in there. And man, this messed me up. It was like I kept on looking at it and like the 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 correct because I was pulling them from the answer key that I had developed. And so I was pulling the questions from there. And um, no matter if I had took off the the bold or whatever, the the font changed for the correct answer. And so it was like, it was always the weird fonted one that, that was the correct answer. And so I had to figure out how to clear the, the text formatting. Um, that's a T with a little X next to it. It's like that clears the text, the text for the formatting of, of the text. And so it'll get rid of all of that. And then you, and then I also clicked on the 12 point font at, right after that in order to make sure that everything was cleared out. Right. And the, the funny thing is, is like, look, I'm going to tell you this, is like, here's a little sidetrack on, on teaching and learning. Right. Is that the, the people who I interacted with, they all knew to, to clear the text and they all knew to, to do the 12 point font is just that when I when they told me that I wasn't ready to learn that. I really wasn't ready to learn that. I had no idea why they were telling me to do that. It felt like an, an extra unnecessary step. However, when I started going through the when I started going through the the multiple choice for myself and entering them in, I kept running into this problem. And then that's when I was like, is that what they meant by the whole t clearing the text thing? And then I did it. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, look at this. It works." Oh, that's why they told me. <laughs> I feel like such a doof when I do that, but I'm just just telling you, it's like that's that is that was my learning process in the space. And so, um, if I could be that dumb about it, then that's why I love my students when they make similar mistakes and everything. And it's like, look, this is life. I'm not gonna get bitter about what it is. It's like if you don't understand what I'm telling you right now, I get it. But you know what? When you get older, maybe when you have kids, maybe when you get married, maybe when you don't, I don't know. But um, you'll understand maybe a little bit more when I uh, of what it is that I was trying to accomplish in the classroom. When you become teachers, you know, you might ap appreciate more what it is that I was trying to do in the classroom and everything. But anyway, coming back, right? I So when I was entering things in, I um, decided to randomize the answers. Right. So it's like there's a question and then randomize the answers. This is a way for them to not remember letters. Right. I want to at least for them to to remember the concept or whatever that sentence was that they have to remember that. Right. At least long enough for them to, to answer the question. But when I was when I was creating the the on, you know, when I was creating the the handouts, I didn't think about um, how you would do like all of the above or how you would do. A question on, you know, that would say, you know, both A and B are correct out of four possible answers. And so all of the above, I changed that to all answers are correct. And then uh, with both A and B or like answers like that, right, or both B and C or something like that. On those, you actually have to put the letters into the question. I would also tell you to not randomize the answers in those spaces. And then it, then it'll work, then it'll work itself out. 
And so in looking at this, I, I didn't want my students to have the opportunity to just kind of monkey around with all of this. And so um, in the new quizzes, there's a lot of different formats. There's a lot of different ways of asking multiple choice questions. You can have multiple choice questions that have multiple answers, mixing and matching and all that stuff. And so there's a lot of ways to not have students kind of monkey around in there and just kind of guess their way through it. Right. And um, but one of the ways that I figured out to do was just uh, to in order to try to encourage them to do the multiple choice first and then take the little quizzes is um, I only give them three tries. And so I give them three tries with 30 minutes uh, for each of the tries. And then, you know, the, of course, they take the highest score and all of that. And so 30 minutes is not I mean, and it's five questions. And so it, um, I'm not hearing any complaints yet. And so it should be. So it seems like it's doing just fine. Um, and then the three tries. Right. It's like that's that's something that I could see that I might see. Uh, changing if I decided to ever go to a different format. I've heard of other colleagues, what they do is they do the little quizzes and they allow students to take those uh, an unlimited amount of times, right? And so they're taking um, the, the quizzes an unlimited amount of times. However, the assessment, the assessment is a something that they can only take, you know, two or three times and it has a time limit on it. And, you know, there are 40 questions and 20 of them are randomly generated onto the, the, the quizzes. Like I can see how someone would do that and it still maintains the integrity um, to, to whatever degree. It still maintains the integrity of what it is that I'm trying to do in my classroom. Um, but again, I'm really not trying to create that, that, that tension for the students in regards to feeling like they need to perform on a multiple choice test in order to, to do well in the class. Right. I still want to keep it in the realm of like homework and thinking about the multiple choice as a learning tool and helping them and having them use it as a reading guide for the chapter versus thinking of it as an, uh, an assessment. It is. I am assessing it. Right. I am assessing it, but it's not like a test. It doesn't feel like a test. The students don't talk to me like it's a test. Um, and so I, I and I know it's, it's, it's working out. And so the last thing to talk about in this space is that um, switching over to these, this format that I have now, um, the students, they don't ask me questions anymore. And I don't know why that is yet. I'm going to assess that at the end of the semester and have them talk me through uh, what's going on in space um, and everything. But yeah, I, I'm really, I, I do miss <laughs> the, the, the ask the three questions uh, in class, but it's like it's it's actually working out because um, it's taking me a lot more time than what it normally takes in order for me to run a class um, on Zoom. And so I'm actually appreciating uh, some of that extra time. But I'm hoping that what's happening is that this format is actually working really well for them and is going to uh, demonstrate, you know, it's going to uh, close equity gaps for me. But like I said, I won't know that answer until the end of the semester. So uh, stay posted on that one, folks. I'll, I'll, I'll be giving that to you um, as, as soon as I can. So, but anyway, look, that's all I got for this episode. I hope you learned something. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reteach. If you want to learn more about me, or my open source introduction to sociology textbook, please go to brucehoskins.com. In closing, I want to leave us all with a question. If you learned something today that you think would help close your student equity gaps, how long will it take to incorporate this into your classroom? A year? A semester? Next month? Today? No matter the timetable, we must commit ourselves to becoming better teachers. Our students deserve it. 
all of them, not just the ones that are good already, 